0: Alright, welcome everyone. This is uh, uh, the Genesis Bible study here at Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. Uh, this is Pastor Jung here, um, giving to you uh, as we teach uh, through the book of Genesis, uh, as we continue on here. I don't know what the words I'm saying right now. They're all jumbled up. But thank you for joining me today, uh, and uh, what a great lesson we have as we dwell upon what it means to go onward in faith and the journey of Abram um, as he is called out from the earth of Chaldeans uh, to Haran and now to Canaan, um, how the Lord would lead him even in the things that were unknown. And, you know, uh, today we'll talk about uh, themes of, <coughs> of promise, um, who is the giver of that promise, and why that is so significant in our life of faith. Uh, we'll also talk about... Um, uh, the anticipation of what is to come uh, on this journey of faith, as uh, Abram and his family would look forward to what God would promise them uh, in the midst of all that they would face, and how that is relevant to our um, to our to our life of faith, and how this you know you know as I taught this the other day. Um, yeah, how relevant this is for you in this time and space. So there's just a lot of stuff here in just five verses, but uh, we're going to get at it. So um, thank you for joining me. Uh, this is Pastor Jung here at Faith Lutheran Church in Park, California. And I've said that already, so why don't we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. Bless us, O Lord, in your very word. Lord, you are the giver of all promises, <clears throat> and you are not a liar. You are holy. You are perfect. And what you say, O Lord, you fulfill. Bless us in this life of faith as we trust in your promises, knowing full well that ultimately in your redemption, Jesus Christ, Lord, you have given to us the gift through the sacrificial work of Christ, life, forgiveness, and salvation. Bless us in our life of faith as we walk in your ways, anticipating what is to come um, on that final day in your return. Lord, for all these things we are thankful. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. So, today, Genesis. What are we talking about? So have your Bible out here, Genesis 2, uh, 2 to 7. Genesis 2, 2 to 7. And and we'll see um, how... um, Sorry, not Genesis 2. (laughs) Sorry. I'm missing a digit here. There we go. Genesis 12, 2 to 7. Sorry. Um, And here we see... (laughs) Apologies. Uh, here we see the call to Abram. Why don't we read verse 2 again? Oh, we'll just read verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. All right? So this is the call from the Lord giving Abram the very word. And he says, And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. You know, this is the Lord telling Abram, what is to happen? So, right here, uh, the promise of God I will make, I will bless, you will be a blessing, right? I will make, I will make of you a great nation, right? And when we talk about great nation, hopefully you like my color scheme here with the pens today. <laughs> Anyways, I will make a great nation. Now, this is in the midst of what? The barren womb of Sarai. Right? But human reason would say, are you sure about that? But yet, when we understand the author and the one who is giving the word, there we rest upon, yes, God is giving us his promise. And there we rest upon that very word, that from the barren womb of Sarai would become the great nation. As stars in the sky and the sands and the seashore, this is what will become according to the Lord God and His promises, right? Number two, second promise, verse two, I will bless you and make your name great. I will bless you and make your name great, that through this great nation the name... To name, and ultimately, you will be a blessing. That name is who? Matthew one twenty one. You will name him Jesus, for he will save people from their sins. So we see this promise in the midst of, again, and we talked about this last week, about uh, human reason or logic or ideas or, you know, ever since the Enlightenment, as you know, just... the the reliance upon self and human knowledge, here we see human reason versus faith, right? And human reason would say, uh, how could this be? My wife is barren, but yet faith trusts not in self, but rather in God and his word, right? Right? All this right here, friends, at the end of the day, is talking about who? Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What you see in this promise, as he is weaved throughout all these things, this pen is driving me bonkers because it's half working. This is retired. What we see right here is uh, that this is all weaving through the work of Christ. This is the promise. Right? And why is this relevant for you? Because at the end of the day, your faith is in the Word of God. We'll give, I'll give you a Luther quote later in a little bit, a really good quote. But here we see uh, the promises that God gives. Right? We see this strewn throughout all the Bible. God gives promises, uh, and there uh, the, the, the people of faith would receive and, and follow and trust uh, in that very promise of God, no matter how radical it seemed, uh, according to their own human reason, they trusted, right? I mean, we see Mary, radical, right? This is, in her womb, the Savior of the world. Radical, that is. But yet, let it be to me, according to thy word, right? Uh, nothing is impossible with God. Uh, and, and this is the truth, right? Because it's all about who is the giver. And because this flows from God, his promises are yours. So when Jesus comes to this world and does what? Saves you from your sin. As he says, it is finished, right? As he is the Messiah, the Redeemer, the King, the the prophet, the priest, all in his truest form. There we very well know that we are forgiven of our sins. And how do you know? right? It's by the promises of God. This is what your faith clings to, that by his death and resurrection, you very well know this pen is weird. It's not really... I don't know. It's not sharp. Anyways, death and resurrection, but also the sacraments, to which who institutes? Not man, but rather Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, right? He institutes the sacraments. He, he gives to us uh, this very word of the Lord's Supper, baptism, all by his word we find the promises of God. So at the end of the day, how do you know? Well, you know because this is the word of Christ. This is where your faith resides. And that is why you have comfort even in the midst of what Abram was going through as he was heading out on this journey to where the Lord would show him, there he gives him this promise. This is faith, right? To see the big picture of the gospel, the the promises of God, and, and trusting in his holy name, fully knowing in faith that what he says he will do, even in the midst of things that I do not understand. And I guarantee, friends, right now in your life, there are some things that you just can't reconcile or understand. Why, God, why did this happen, right? Why am I going through the, the discomforts, the struggles, the temptations? You know, why am I going through all the, 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 the pangs of this life? And it's so difficult, so overwhelming. But yet, at the end of the day, we go back to God's Word and says, that's right. You have given us the promise of Christ. And this is what is happening here, friends, in the time of Abram. He's pointing us to the promise of Christ. And now, in this not-yet-existence, as we live, as we anticipate for what is to come, we live in the victorious and triumphal promise of Christ and His death and resurrection. We live, robed in His righteousness through the water and word of baptism. We take and eat and drink for the forgiveness of our sins in the true body and blood of Jesus, as the promise of God has been given to us through His word. Right? And this is the key, friends. Right? Through all things, Abram, what we learn from him, and the one who gives the promises. And there, by the object of this faith, there he rests, and there he goes. Right? Very important when it comes to your faith. What is your faith? Your faith is in the object, and that is our Lord who gives you his very word. Your faith is not in yourself. So when someone asks you, how is your faith? You're simply going to say, it's great. Because your faith is in the object of God's word and what he has given to you. When you see faith as in yourself, then you'll try to count all the beans and you'll bean count and you'll try to figure out, um, is my faith good? How much have I done? Have I done this? Have I done that? And then you say, well, my faith is okay. See, the point is here, uh, Abram, in that sense, in that regard, is that our faith is well, because our faith is in the word of God to which God gives to us. Right? And here we see that uh, gift being given to Abram, and there he goes. And this is the picture, right? So, verse 3. Don't want to belabor that point there. But verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Right? Blessings and curses. All the earth, they will be blessed through the seed of Abraham. Right? Through the seed. But yet there will also be curses. Now, what are those curses? That we see there a little bit there later in chapter 12 with Abram and Sarai in Egypt. And there we see that what happens. There's a famine in the land and there... Um, um, Abram has this idea uh, because of this um, famine was so severe, he says you know, I know you're my wife, but you are beautiful not but you are beautiful but you are beautiful and uh, let's say uh, you will act as my sister so that you can go to Egypt and, and, and um, be a part of their household um, but as this was to happen, we see in verse 17, verse 18, if you have your Bible out. Um, but the Lord afflicted Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh called Abram and said, what is this that you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her for my wife? Now then, here is your wife. Take her and let and 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 go right so again unknowingly what pharaoh was doing uh there even then he was cursed and there his household would face affliction and plagues and disease and here we see that example of verse three really in their midst i will curse and or i will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you i will curse and again with the blessings uh as you look at the bible there uh we talked about Jericho in Hebrews on Sunday, which uh, you can join us there uh, for Sunday Bible study, if you'd like, on YouTube. Uh, but, but there uh, we see Rahab uh, being blessed uh, in her faith um, as she trusted in God, um, as she, she saved the spies that were uh, in Jericho that day, uh, and, and there her family would be blessed. So there's a lot of blessings in the Bible. There's a lot of curses in the Bible. But at the end of the day, as we uh, read right there, um, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And that's just through the seed of Abraham. So this, this goes back again to the radical reality that even in the barren room, Abraham is hearing these words and all the families would be blessed through his seed. Right? And why is this trustworthy and true? Because this is a promise from God. See, that's the thing, friends. Faith sees clearly. Not self but rather outside of self in the promise of God. Faith trusts in that very word. And for Abram and for you, this is the life of faith. Trusting in the Lord's promises. Even when we have many unknowns, many troubles, many things to wrestle with, there we trust in faith that his will be done. And this is what we see in our text today. This is the tension that we continue to see. But here in verse 4, what does it read? So Abram went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot, his nephew, went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So, as we see right here in verse, um, actually, I don't think I read, let me see. Yeah, verse 4. So, Abram went, as the Lord told him, right? we look in Hebrews 11, if you have your Bible out, Hebrews 11, verse 8. And here we see, and I'll read it for you. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. So, clearly, when we talk about going from the Ur of Chaldeans to Haran and now Canaan, clearly, as it is in Hebrews 11, that he did not know where he was going. But rather, he simply does what? As the Lord told him, Hebrews eleven eight, he would obey. Obedience. Why do you obey? Because you very well know uh, the one who is telling you uh, these very words. There your faith is. right There you trust and you have this life of obedience. You submit to that very word of God, right? Because this word is above all things. This word is not only above all things, but this word is God. And that's the key, right? That your obedience is not a legalistic mandate, but rather in faith, trusting in who our Lord is and what he has given to us in his promises. There we do as we are told according to the scriptures, right? Because we know who the author is. Now, Abr- Abram obeys. And there, in verse 4, uh, he goes at 75 years old as he departs from Haran. Is, Abram is no spring chicken, right? He, he's not young. He's not agile. He's getting up there in age, but yet he continues to follow. Now, this is the quote I wanted to show you uh, uh, by Luther, according to his Genesis commentary. Promise and faith belong together. Naturally and inseparably. Promise and faith. Why are those inseparable? Can faith live on its own island? Can promise be, in, be separate from faith? Now, there is a promise given by God, right? But faith cannot act alone, but rather faith does what? Clings. To the promise of God. Faith clings to the promise. Faith is in the one outside of themselves. So this is what Luther is saying here. Promise and faith belong together naturally and inseparably. That your faith trusts in the promise that God has given to you. And this is what Abram was receiving in verse 4. Now, speaking of promises, um, Luther also writes, Satan also has his promises And very fine ones at that. Satan's promise is pleasurable and is readily received. It makes men smug and neglectful of themselves. But when God makes a promise of some kind, faith wrestles much and long. For reason or flesh and blood regards God's promise as altogether impossible. Therefore, faith must wrestle with doubt and against reason. Again, we talk about faith and reason. Now, it's interesting, right? As I read earlier right there, Satan also has his promises, and his promises are very pleasurable, easy, and sweet to the human fallen ear. It goes like clockwork. Of course, that makes sense. I want that, right? Um, and when it comes to God's Word, uh, how we wrestle with it against our own human reason and flesh. Right. This is uh, what we talk about: uh, promises, and we talk about faith. Faith is a gift, a gift from God, to which our faith clings to what is radical, which is against Satan and our flesh and the world. Right. And there, in light of it, we wrestle. Wrestling is okay. Wrestling is okay. Right. Because we very well know the tension that is at hand. But thanks be to God for faith that God has given to you as you trust in the very word of Christ. There is a wrestle. There is uh, the, the, the spiritual struggle. Um, and, and we see it every single day of our lives. Yet at the end of the day, as faith is a gift, a gift from God through the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, there we rest upon the promises of God. It, it is a tension, friends. I mean, Satan brings us every promise. And, and how easy are those promises to, to envelop or to, to, to take in for ourselves? It's very easy, right? Um, but yet, faith is, uh, from God is, is one we wrestle with. Um, but yet, uh, at the end of the day, uh, their God gives to us this very faith. So, very important to see that tension, even for Abram, right? And for you. Do you see it? Do you see that tension? All right. Um, Abram is given faith to trust and believe in the word and the promises of God, and and though man preserves or prefers the transitory, um, it is Abram's faith who trusts in the unseen and the eternal. I mean, come on, guys. You know how easy it is to trust in the scene, I mean we, we see Thomas and he trusts in the scene, unless I see the, the 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 hands in his the marks on his hands and the marks on his side, I will not believe he sees and he says, "Lord, my Lord, my God, right um, and, and this is the picture of us too, right there we trust in faith in the unseen, and that unseen is the promises of God for you, right so anyways. Uh, very, very good point there. So, at 75, he departed. Now, this is his second. Um, I don't know about you, but I prefer the nonstop flight, right, from the Ur of Chaldeans uh, to Canaan. But yet, in this departure, he is on his second route, right? Um, after his uh, father had died, now now he is going from Haran to Canaan. Now, again, this always brings us to what? Setting out in faith. Oh, actually, maybe we should wait on that. I'm not quite sure. But uh, here, uh, no, we can do that. Uh, Verse 5, And Abram took Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. So, in this setting out, we see another theme of Enduring and persevering. Right? Now, when you you dwell upon the promises of God, as your faith is inseparable to that promise, how does this translate? I love arrows. Oh, that didn't work. (laughs) That didn't work. How does this translate to enduring and persevering? You endure In faith, as your eyes are kept on the promises of God, then even in the most greatest toil and struggle, there you endure because this promise is true and trustworthy. There you persevere, setting out into the new land, all in faith, enduring and persevering on this very road, because God is the giver of his promise. There's a lot of times, friends, that I could admit, that I say, I don't know, God. Why did this happen? Right? My day is full of struggle and trouble and, and, and stress, let's say, and anxiety. But yet, there we go to prayer. There we pray to our Lord. There we pray for enduring and persevering, namely, knowing full well that God is with us through the promise of Christ. And that through that promise of Christ, not only has he forgiven of our sins and he has given us eternal life, But he says, I will be with you until the end of the age. That we are not alone, but that we are one with God. All by the promise of Christ. And there we endure, knowing that we are not alone, but that we are reconciled by his very work. Right? So for Abram, it was not only to take that call and to go in faith, but to endure and persevere on the road. Right? The the key is how do you persevere? Is it pulling up your own bootstraps and trying your hardest? No, your perseverance is in the word that was given to you in faith. This is, this is the promise to which you, you, you continue to live, move, and have your being, and and there you endure. All by the strength of Christ and what he has done for you in this gospel. Right? Because in verse 6, what they will face is the Canaanites. Uh, and that is the line of Ham right? Abram passed through the land to the place at uh, Shechem to the Oak of Moreh. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. All right. So Shechem, as we look at your notes right here, uh, we have a, a calendar or a, sorry, a map. And basically what happens is this is where um, Haran was. And uh, there they're now going down um, kind of like this way to there. Right, so it's a very kind of like a, a kind of like an arch, going this way down to here. So they're they're moving north, northeast or northwest, and then now they're going southwest uh, down to Shechem right here. Now Shechem was considered the, the kind of like the center, right? the center of uh, of Canaan, and, and here uh, there was that little excerpt there blurb that said the Canaanites were still there. So so even in the midst of being led to this land of promise, um, their danger was still at hand. Danger. Yeah. How are we to deal with this? Okay, so here clearly we see that, um, you know, uh, in this place Uh, Though there would be danger, um, there the Lord would give him his very word in verse 7. Why don't we read that together? Um, Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. All right. So why is this so unique? To your offspring. That is future. So Abram, this is for your family, for your offspring. This is what you are anticipating. This is what I will give you. And ultimately, at the end of the day, we, we see this in the book of Joshua as they would finally, right? As they would cross, uh, the the river Jordan, as they would, uh, overcome all these things, they would finally reach the land of milk and honey. And this is the promise that is given to Abraham of what is to come for his offspring, that they would be given this land, right? It's a, it's a, it's a future look. It's a future trust in what is to come. Now, how does this, again, how does this uh, bring us great comfort? Because in our life of faith, there is anticipation. There is a looking forward to what is to come. And that looking forward is to the Lord's return on the last day. Right? And for Abram to hear this very word, thanks be to God, that the offspring of his seed would receive uh, uh, this very gift of land. And ultimately, the offspring of, of his seed would be the true blessing and that is of Christ. This is what it's all about, my friends. This life is short. We see so many things happening in our world today. And we can never assume that life is going to be 80, 90, 100 years. We just never know. It could be a shortened, lessened that a little bit, or lessened that by, by a great number. Now, life can go in so many different ways. But as I tell my children all the time, it's all about Jesus, right? It's all about the enduring and persevering in the word that God has given to you. Ultimately, in that looking forward always to his return. This is what life is about. It's about the promises of God and what he has given to each and every one of us as we look forward, anticipation, to what is to come. For Abraham... It was for his offspring to reach that land. And that they would, just as the Lord had said. And just as the Lord had sent you, Jesus, as he forgives you of all your sins. There, indeed, the same thing. I will return. What we hear on Pentecost or on um, Ascension Day, we said, why are you gazing up into the heavens? He will return just the same way as he left. And this is true. This is our anticipation. He will return. This is the future look. And there in verse 7, what does he do? He builds an altar, right? Thanking God in response. We see this even a little later um, in verse, uh, what is it? Verse, uh, <clears throat> uh, verse 8 from Bethel uh, to the west of Ai, as we look at it right here on our, on our notes. Uh, There, Bethel and I, there he would also build, as it says in verse 8, an altar to the Lord and calling upon the name of the Lord, and Abraham journeyed on towards Negev. And and this is the picture of building an altar. It's a response of faith. We see Jacob also building an altar there um, as he uh, sees uh, the angels ascending and descending, as we call it, Jacob's ladder. Um, There he also builds um, an altar there uh, that day. But again, this is all in the response of faith, right? Um, so at the end of the day, friends, as you look at this whole board here of Genesis 12, 12 to seven, uh, here we clearly see again, the key theme is I don't want to belabor it too much. The promises of God, right? And onward we go in faith, understanding what faith truly is, is very important because if we think faith is me centered, this all goes in a totally different way. When faith is outside center, but the center of God and his promises, there we see how we endure and persevere and walk on this road of faith as we trust in the very word of Christ and what he has given to us. The fruition of all this is Jesus. And here in this time and space, uh, what we trust in the promises of God is Jesus and what he has done for us. And there we endure and persevere because we know that through his death, resurrection, and ascension, he is with us until the end of the age, as he has reconciled us by his very body and blood through the promise of, uh, of his work upon the cross and his death, his death and resurrection. And, and there we uh, continue to walk um, in his very word. My voice is... Um, I'm starting to lose my voice. Ew. Anyways. So uh, remember that this day um, as we uh, continue on. So uh, we'll stop there. We'll stop there. Let us pray. Dear Holy Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you uh, for your word. Lord, we, you bless us uh, with the greatest gift of the gospel. Lord, grant us endurance and strength in this one true faith as you lead us by your word alone. Bless us in Christ in the redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And Lord, comfort us in, in our soul as we uh, are truly resting upon your promise that is eternal. That is. Thank you. Until next time, love you all, praying for you all. Continue. Walk and study in God's word as you grow in the roots that is of his promises in Christ Jesus alone. Have a wonderful day. Pastor Jung here, Faith Lutheran Church in Park, California. Faith Lutheran Church in Moorpark, California. Love you all. Pray for you all. God bless. Thanks for listening to this Bible study presentation from Faith Lutheran Church in Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmorepark.com.